You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, The High Cost of Living. Hey, John. Howard, what... Hello, hello. What are you doing here? John, I'm here because I'm, I'm concerned about your radio show. Why? Again, yet again. Uh, yet again, uh-huh. See, you're kind of stuck here in a stinky little studio. I like it in you here. You don't really have any idea what's going on in the outside I world. I have plenty of... You don't. You I really do. don't. Did you, do you realize that there's an economic crisis going on, John? Yes, I know that, Howard. Right, it's in all the papers. I, I read all the, the papers. TV shows. Yes. You really knew about that? Howard, what do you want? Now, there's actually this cooking show that I really enjoy... That's on National Public Radio. Right. Anyway, I guess I tuned at the wrong time, and there was this charming young fellow named Alex Bloomberg who has a show about the economy. There were so many interesting things that he was talking about, and then at some point it kind of hit me that you know he might be someone good to maybe spice up your show a bit. So I just took the initiative, and I wrote him. You wrote this man on my behalf? No, on my behalf. John, no one knows who you are. Nobody. You can drop dead. All right, And there would be nine obituary. You, you'd be buried where the hobos are buried, okay? I think they throw you in a swamp someplace, and they put a stick in the mud, and they say, there he is. Now, maybe your parents would do and, a little something for you, but for the most part, John, a stick in the mud. It's pretty appropriate, wouldn't you say? Now, you know, I'm, I consider myself a financial journalist to, to a certain degree. To what degree, exactly? To not a degree from a university kind of degree, but a degree, like, to an extent that I am a financial journalist. What qualifies you? I just think... You should have a financial segment on your show, almost like there's a section in the newspaper, a financial section in the newspaper, and we can call it Penny Smarts. I'm going to host... Since when? No, Howard, you're not... I prepared for this show. I'm going to host. You're going to be my co-host. What is the difference? Are these your notes? Are those little yellow pieces of paper, little post-it notes? No, these they, are my notes. They look like notes. they're covered in spaghetti sauce. They are covered in spaghetti sauce because I had to work and eat at the same time. I was burning the midnight oil. Okay? And I'm going to ask this world-famous economist about this economic crisis. All right, well, Howard, I, you know, thanks for your concern for this show. Why don't you just, say, you know, email me a link to his broadcast, and I'll take a look at it. Well, actually, and... I, I told him we'd be calling him today. Oh, did you? As a matter of fact, uh, right now, actually, is the, is the time. How do you know that I'm not using the, the, the studio right now to record one of my monologues? Again, the whole point here is to try to eliminate your monologues and replace it with something interesting. All right, all right, fine. Oh, can we throw this into the tape deck? I what is that that you have there? It's a little there. music I was thinking. Uh -huh. Here, let's put this in. There we go. All right, Howard, that's a little uh, intrusive, wouldn't you say? We are here with Penny Smarts. I'm your host, Howard Chakwitz, with my co-co-host, Jonathan Goldstein. What's a co-co-host? What would be lesser than a co-host? If you play your cards right and you shape up with your attitude, we can get you back up to co-hosting. Okay. Okay, let's get Alex Bloomberg on the line. Hello, could I speak to Alex Bloomberg, please? Uh, speaking. Alex, this is Howie Chakwit speaking. Oh, hello, Howie. Hi, remember we did we did emails over the week. I, I, do, I do remember, yeah. How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, great. I'm here in the studio right now with uh, Jonathan Goldstein, my co-host. Hello, Mr. Bloomberg. Hello. We're mostly set up, and I think in a few moments we're going to start the interview, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so we're going to start the interview. Wonderful. Hello, I'm Howie Chakwitz, and I'm here at the CBC, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Jonathan Goldstein. How are you doing today, John? Doing great, Howard. We have our special guest in economics, Mr. Alex Bloomberg. How are you doing, Alex? 
I'm doing fine. So tell me about economics. Uh, what, what do you want to know about it? Why do the rich get richer? Well, that is one of the oldest questions in economics. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting, actually. Some people say that the rich getting richer mm -hmm. actually leads to a lot of problems. The rich get richer, and they love wine and cigars. I, now, um, it's called economy. The echo part, that's environmental, right? Like, echo is green. Is that because money's green? Howard, that has nothing to do with Because Canadian it. money's not green. It's a mix of colors. You got purples. You have turquoise a little bit. So what's with the echo in economics? Um, I, um, well, I, I stumped what? you. I stumped you. Do we, John, do you have some kind of sound effect music for that? Like a, like a bell. I don't have... We'll amp that up with some sound effects later. Well, I, now, now, does the moon affect the economy? Uh, uh, no, it uh, it doesn't affect the, the waves. Economy. The waves of the moon doesn't it, doesn't it affect? I mean, because it's all about the bottom line, right? Companies are trying to make money. Yes, companies are do try to make money. Is there a, a question? Like, for example, like okay, Howard, there seems to be someone trying to get your attention through the studio door. Were you expecting some company? Ooh, that's my that's my food delivery. Okay, you, Wait, you, guys you had for food bit. delivered to the studio. Yeah, yeah, it's for in energy. the middle of an interview. This is required. Mr. Bloomberg, I apologize. Okay, I'm just gonna get some grub. Remember, this is Howie Chakwitz. I'll be right back with more Penny Smarts. Uh, Alex, yeah. I, I'm really sorry about this. It's uh. It's very nice of you to have agreed to do the interview in the first place. Well, no, no problem. But, um, can I just ask you a question? Yeah. How old is Howie? Uh, Howard's forty. <laughs> Why? Well, just from the email he sent, I I just assumed he was a kid. He was uh, talking about like the Jonas Brothers, and uh -huh. there was just emoticons everywhere and spelling mistakes. I, I mean, that's the only reason I agreed to do this interview. I thought he was a kid oh. working on a school project. Oh. I, I mean, maybe this is an uncomfortable question, but what? I mean, what's the story with him? Is he of? Uh, I mean, is he special in some way? That's. A, I mean, that's a really. Um, you know what? Say, say anymore. I think I understand. I, I had a next door neighbor who had this type of. I, uh, I, I think I know how to deal with it. Oh. Oh. I feel chef. So, so you're enjoying your food, huh, Howie? Oh, ma'am. Two words: souvlaki. That's good. That's a hard word. That's a really long word. Mm, I love it. I can eat it ten times a day. That is really impressive. That you know, a healthy appetite is really important. Yeah. You know, what would be fun would be to have souvlaki together sometime. Okay. And we're gonna get back to Pennywise. It was called Penny Smarts. How? Penny Smarts. What a great, strong broadcasting voice you have. Thank you. Now, okay, Alex, you're an economist. Well, I'm more of a PhD trained macroeconomist, but now, first of all, when you said mackerel, are we talking about the fish? No, that's a common mistake, Howie. But right. um, I didn't say mackerel. I said macro. macro. Do you know what macro means? It's a. I know it's uh, a form of knitting. That's really good. That, that's macrame, that's, Howard. That's that's macrame. Macro, though. Howard. What what other questions do you have there? That's a valid question. I think he's a very busy man. John, he's he's doing really well though. I think I'm doing very well actually. Now, let's go into a very famous figure in the history of wealthy people. What's with Richie Rich? Howard, that's a comic strip. But it's based on a real oh, person. Hold on, I'm getting a call. Is it, it's the secretary? Okay, tell him I'll be right there. Uh, secretary Geithner's on the other lines. Can I just put you on hold for a second? Okay, oh. okay. Yeah, sure. 
Okay, Howard. Now, John, it's crazy because I'm trying to ask the guy some hard Howard, questions the here. guy thinks... I know, I know what he thinks. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's flirting with me, and I just cannot what? seem to get him on the right track. What are you talking about? I don't know, like being super, super sweet, asking me out for dinner. I'm trying to ask he him about ask the economy. Howard. I mean, I, I know I'm an attractive oh. man, I have a charm, you know, but I'm trying to get some serious journalistic questions in, and the guy's smitten. I think you're way, way off base. No, no, I'm saying he likes me, likes me. I know what you're he saying. He likes me, likes me, likes me, likes me likes me more than a friend okay listen the truth is oh hello i'm back i'm sorry about hey that. Oh. welcome back now let's try to focus on the questions is that okay we all in agreement here absolutely howie whatever you want see howard please go. let's let's just move on now alex is it is a trickle down theory or is it treacle down okay howard like molasses an, an, no no an, no Jonathan, it's okay let him ask his question i mean you've been interrupting him and mm-hmm. people as special as howie need time to ask their questions yeah john you always do this to me you're being very rude what you are the co-host co Wait, no howard get me water get me a chocolate bar or something d- but you keep your fat yep shut okay you know what that's it really i mean i can't take any more of this Howard, Alex thinks you're a dimwit, okay? And Alex, Howard thinks that you're attracted to him. What? Yeah. But I, 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 I'm, uh, you know, I, I thought I was just being polite. I'm, I'm I, host of a CBC show here. I mean, I, I mean, I just thought. I listen to Bach. I mean, I, I play, I play pickup basketball. I've read um, Thomas Pynchon. I, okay, well, I, I gotta go. It's my it's my wife calling. My wife, who I'm married to. Uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna air this, are you? No. Yes. N- yes. No. I don't see why. No, not. we're not gonna air this. Th- thanks, Alex. Uh, g- goodbye, Mr. Chakwitz. Uh, goodbye. And we're gonna get back to Penny Smarts. What, what are you doing? We're here in the CBC Canadian Broadcasting uh, Studios. Enough. I'm Howard Chakwitz, and I'm here with my okay, co-host, stop it. Mr. Jonathan Wolfman. Saturday, 6 p.m. In spite of the economic downturn, this past week has proven to be pretty cushy for me. I've been out on a book tour, and the publishers have been putting me up in some pretty nice hotels. Tonight, I'm in New York for the launch of the book, and my friend Jeff comes to visit me in my hotel room. This place is so ritzy, he says. On the elevator ride up, I couldn't help pretending that I was a hired assassin sent here to kill you. As I start to dress for the launch, Jeff tells me my shirt looks too wrinkled, so I put a sweater over it. But then he tells me that my sweater is too wrinkled, so I put a jacket over that. Again, he starts to say something, but mercifully, he stops himself. The event is taking place at a fancy Manhattan nightclub. A limo comes to pick us up and we get into the back seat and fill our pockets with as much complimentary car candy as we can while guzzling bottle after bottle of Perrier water. It is not Richie Rich that I feel like, so much as it is Razzo Rizzo. We get to the event too early, so Jeff suggests we go next door to this Romanian Jewish restaurant. We kill time eating a basket of bread and chopped liver, which the waitress prepares at our table, Benihana style. Jewish olive oil, she says, pouring a tall glass of schmaltz, liquid animal fat, into the large basin of liver and onions. As I watch her work, I'm reminded of what Jeff said earlier, about feeling like my assassin. Murder 
by cholesterol. 7.30 p.m. We finish eating and I find myself more inclined to launch a nap than a book. At the club, a man in a derby unlatches a velvet rope for us to enter, and I make a beeline for the washroom. Hitting the restroom has always been a technique of mine for familiarizing myself, marking my territory in new off-putting environments. My technique fails as I am further thrown by the fact that not only is there a washroom attendant here, but he is also way better dressed than I am. p.m. For the next couple of hours, I am greeted by wits, wantwits, gladhanders, backslappers, and all manner of Manhattan glitterati types. For the most part, they are people I've never met before, who I assume are here for the free vodka and Red Bull, the event sponsor. 11 p.m. The free drinks are cut off, and the place is suddenly empty. I am alone with not a single well-wisher, to wish me well. Wednesday, Washington, D.C. For the first time in my life, I've actually made use of the hotel laundry service. This is how it works. Your clean clothes are left for you on the bed in a smart-looking box. It looks just like a gift, but immediately after tearing the box open, you feel disappointed. This is because it is not a gift at all. It's just your old junk. And so you sit down on the edge of the bed and reflect on what kind of a person you've become. A person who has spent seven American dollars to clean a pair of socks he bought for 50 cents. Friday, San Francisco. I'm being dropped off at the airport. It's the very end of my book tour, and as I step out of the limo, I consider the possibility that I may never get to step out of a limo again. At first I found getting in and out of a limousine highly embarrassing, but after a while I came to realize that, in the vast spectrum of possible life embarrassments, it really wasn't such a bad one. Far better than accidentally sitting on an open-faced whitefish salad sandwich at a shiva house. True story. Several hours later, when my father picks me up at the airport in Montreal, out of habit, I get into the back seat of his car. I apologize and move up front. He hands me a chicken sandwich that my mother sent along. She thought you might be hungry, my father says. And I am. I eat it with gusto. Glad to be home. Hello? Johnny, back from the book tour. Oh, hey, Gregor. Are you all covered in trail dust? Saddle sores from riding long and hard. Right. How did it go? It, it was good. You know, it was pretty. It was pretty fancy. They put me up in uh, nice hotels. And... It was fancy. Yeah. Did they give you a blanket on your bed? Did they let you sleep indoors at night? <laughs> what, what was... Look, I'm not used to that kind of thing. Okay. To me, it was very fancy. Your idea of fancy, as far as I know, is fancy feast, the cat food, or fancy cut French fries. You know, when real fancy people find a chocolate on their pillow, they don't dive in face first and eat it with the tinfoil wrapper I didn't do that. And you stole the sheets, too? No, I didn't. You know, those are just for when you're in the hotel. Okay, look, all I'm saying is that, to me, it was fancy, and, you know, I, I came to like it. Look, when you get to be as rich and as famous as you, Which you just got to kick it up a few notches. I'm not... You're going to get a picture of you in People magazine eating a donut that you pulled out of a garbage can. It's going to be a big embarrassment to the CBC and to the whole country I of Canada. I don't eat out of garbage cans.
I'm just saying, it's entirely plausible that you would do something. When have like you that. ever known me to eat garbage? See, now you got an attitude. You're too good to eat garbage. I, I didn't say. I, I'm. It just is. It's embarrassing to you and the people you meet when you go out to dinner and you're like, "Hey, look at this! Free ketchup, all you can drink." Wow, look at that. They left out a free glass of water with ice cubes in it. I'm going to put in a Ziploc bag and take home and put in my freezer. Well, you deserve the life that you don't give yourself. Which is what? The life of a rich man. Not, I'm not a rich man. You could do that thing where you dress up like in a baby costume and dance around to the new Beyonce song and have 170 million people view your video. Well, I, you I, have to I, parlay I, that fame into money. $50,000 a night just to show up at a nightclub. They get $250,000 to DJ at some, like, party in Tokyo. I'd, I'd, Boom. Well, you're on David Letterman. I don't they think... Say, oh, you're the dancing baby who danced at Beyonce. Don't you think that would be a little, you know, beneath my dignity? You're asking me ridiculous questions, and I'm asking you, do you want to be rich and famous? You just told me you got back from a tour and you got used to life on the road where you were being pampered every day with chocolates on your pillow. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? Well, I mean, I, 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 I go to your local supermarket and buy a bag of Hershey's Kisses and spill it out on your pillow and pretend you're on the road every I, night. I, I, Maybe in the morning when you go to work, you steal your own shampoo and pretend you're in a hotel. Think about this, Johnny. Imagine if Entertainment Tonight Canada or one of those behind the musics did a special on you. Mm-hmm. Go forward a few years. This is after your career ends, which it will, and well, it might end wait, very soon. Excuse me. Why would you? Why would you say something like your that? Your career is going to end. You're going to get a job in a hardware store, wearing a red polyester vest, working in the lighting department. Pretty soon, you're going to get back on the booze and the drugs. You're going to be driving. I was the never on drugs and booze. All I'm saying is your career is going to end. Just look at anyone who's been famous. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine that story, only your MC Hammer. You start in the streets, you work up, you put in your own waterfall in your house, plus 150 Rolls Royces and gold-plated pants, and then when you fall, sure, you're back to working at McDonald's, but what an interesting life you had. What a ride that was. Oh, boy. Now, here was your ride, okay? Mm-hmm. You got in the car, you warmed up the car, and then it ran out of gas. That was your wild ride. You choose it. You're the author of your dreams. MC Hammer, he knew how to be Okay, famous. could you stop comparing me to MC Hammer? I think you should compare yourself more to MC Hammer. You know about MC Hammer's life? No. He used to flush $100 bills down the toilet every morning, just because he could. How about you? Do you ever flush any money down the toilet? I don't think so. No, I don't. That, that sounds like a stupid thing to do. He had this thing. He called it the Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him helicopter. Yeah. And he put his whole, like, entourage in there. And he had one guy who would just stand next to him with, like, a, a duffel bag full of Rolex watches and diamonds and gold in them. And they would fly around the helicopter, like, over Lake Michigan and just, like, throw the watches in the water. Just for no reason, just because they were why, like, why would it's he... 2 o'clock on Sunday, what do you feel like doing, Hammer? And he'd be like, throwing watches in Lake Michigan. I'll tell you something else about MC Hammer. I don't want to hear anything more about MC Hammer. He used to go out and jump around on the planes, and if he fell off the wing, you know what happened? What? Nothing, because he had parachute pants on. Well, I don't care about MC Hammer. Guess who changed MC Hammer's cat's litter box? Who? Give up? No. Not MC Hammer. Mm-hmm. One of his servants did. You know that Broadway show, Cats? Mm-hmm. That's based on MC Hammer's cat. No, it isn't. It is so. He had Liza Minnelli come to his house and sing the theme song Cat to his cat. Sweat running all over my chest. chest. I don't quit, no. I just press harder than I ever did before. Going for the dreams that I have in store in my mind. But I know that I'm making it. I gotta get money, no body's taking it away. Hello. Hi, Uncle Johnny. Helen, hi. Hi. Hi, uh, what, what's new? My lemonade stand. Oh, so you got it. So you got a lemon. I'm lim- calling for your help. Oh, sure. So, um, how's it going so far? H- how much money have you made? Well, each glass is ten cents, and so far I've made ten cents. 
Oh, I see. So you've only sold one cup. To my mom. Uh-huh. That's why I'm calling you up for some business advice. Katie, be careful. You're spilling it everywhere. You're running the stand with your little sister? Yep, but all she's doing is drinking it. And how much did you say you're charging a cup? Ten cents. That That's a problem right there. I mean, it's not like the 1930s Dust Bowl, you know? Like, try making it three, four dollars a cup. That's what Starbucks charges. No one's going to buy it just because it's more expensive. Well, how, how big is the cup? What kind of cup are you using? A Dixie cup. I, I mean, I think that's a problem too, Helen. I mean, have you, like, for instance, have you ever tried drinking orange juice out of a wine goblet? Uh, no. It always ends up making the orange juice taste better. Does your mother have some wine goblets in the house? I'll run in the house and ask her. Well, just, just grab some. Come on, Katie, help me carry some wine goblets. Okay, we've got one, two, three, four. Careful, Katie. Helen, don't go near the glass. Just move the whole table over a few feet. Okay, I'll try. Okay, all right. Be careful. And, okay, good. Okay, let me let me explain something to you, Helen. People don't buy lemonade from a child to drink it. Yeah. You know, no offense to you, but like I wouldn't drink anything that a kid made for me. Oh. So the thing is, you're not really selling lemonade. You're selling cuteness. Yeah. The cuteness of a child. So, so what are you doing to look cute? Um, nothing. Okay, remember, do, do you remember before your Christmas pageant, do you remember what I taught you about being cute? You came to my Christmas pageant? You okay, no, not, not this year's Christmas pageant, but the one, the year before. The year before? The cutest you could be, you just, what did I say? Just be yourself. But? With a twist. Yeah. You amp it up a little. When when people walk by, like you put your hand under your chin and you say things like, Gee whiz. Give it a try. Gee whiz. No, cuter. Do it like me, like this. Like, gee whiz. Gee whiz. Okay, just work on it. Um, do, you, do you have some music in the house? Or something uh, that you can play? Because that can help attract people. I have a CD player in the house. Do, do you want to go get it? Okay, hang on. And, and grab that old CD I brought over for you. Got it. Okay. And that, now, now start, like, yelling a little bit, you know what I mean? But I'm shy. Oh, come on, just go ahead. Just have some what fun. Say? Just say, like, hey, everybody, lemonade. Come on, you could do better than that. And okay. get get Tady to do it with you. Tady? You could stop drinking lemonade for two seconds and help me. She can't be busy drinking lemonade. How much has she drank so far? I think she's on her fourth cup. Okay, Helen? Yeah? Turn the music off for a minute. You want to be a successful business lady, right? I guess so. Okay. You're going to have to fire Katie. But she's my sister. Helen, she's a liability. 
You, you, you can't have people working for you that are dipping into your supply. That, that's your profit margin right there. Do you understand? I guess so. Okay. Okay. I'll okay. Call her. Okay. Just go ahead. I'll I'll hold the line. Katie. Huh? Um. You're fired. Why? Because I'm a business lady, and you're ruining my business. Okay. Okay, Helen. I feel bad. Don't feel... Listen, she'll get over it, okay? You'll buy her something nice when the money starts rolling in, okay? Okay. Okay, turn the music back on. Okay. And, uh, do you know how to juggle? Oh, wait. My mom's coming out. She wants to talk to you. Whoa, she does? Here. This had the stink of you all over it. I... You just told Helen... To fire her baby sister? What is wrong with you? It, you know, Katie wasn't working out. What? She wasn't working out. It's a lemonade stand. It's supposed to be I, fun. I, I try to teach them to work together, not for Helen to fire her sister. Are you insane? I mean, I was teaching her something about business. You know, she wants Why to be... Why is that music on so loud? Do you know how hard it is to get these two to play together without fighting? Do you know how hard it is to raise two kids? Yeah, what are you telling me about? Do you know Howard has two pugs and you never see him going on about it? You're comparing your goddaughters to two pugs? I'm not comparing them. I'm just... I, uh, what do Howard's pugs have to do with the fact it's, of I'm just, comparing dogs to children? What is the job of a godfather? It is to give moral instruction. On Wiretap today, you heard Howard Chakowitz, Gregor Ehrlich, Mary Claude Pallet, Helen and Katie Pallet Wiesel, and Alex Bloomberg. For more of Mr. Bloomberg's financial advice, visit npr.org slash blogs slash money. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Mira Bird-Wintonic and Crystal Duhame. Subscribe to the podcast through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap, where you can also download the latest Wiretap ringtone. You're fired. Experience the freedom of unemployment with every ring of your phone.